and we're rolling. Cool. So, your turn to start. Yeah. Um, excuse me, I'm not yawning because I'm bored. <laughs> I'm yawning because I'm sleep deprived. Um, well, on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I my main thing was that I needed to call a friend of mine. Well, he's actually my brother's best friend. His name is Mike. Who's a he's a cinematographer mm-hmm. or a DOP. So, um, which means director of photography. Director of photography. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, to kind of like chat about the idea and see if he would be able to somehow even in some form help me out on this and um i text him and he said i text him it was sometime today or tomorrow you can chat and he said oh tomorrow will be good um which was thursday so it wasn't on my wednesday afternoon while i was doing while i had the time and you had the kids what, what did you say in the text <laughs> you wondering if i set it up in such a way that i didn't have to do it on wednesday <laughs> no i'm just wondering like how do you intro an idea to someone else? Or? Oh, I just said I'd been chatting with Nico, Nico's my brother, mm-hmm. and Shelley about the idea, and they thought that you'd be a great person to chat to, Mike. So is there any time today or tomorrow? Did you just say, I've got an idea of something? A creative got, idea. A oh, creative idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he was up for it? Yeah, but I'd, I'll come to the conversation with him because I'm just going to okay. kind of tell it chronologically. Cool. Um, so... Then I was kind of like, oh, what do I do now? You know, it's just that typical thing of like, what do you do? How do you structure your time when yeah. you're still in such an exploratory phase in a way? Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, I'll kind of start nutting out how much time requirement an episode might have because oh, I'd probably need to talk to Mike or whoever I talk to to help me out on the cinematography side um, about that. So I did some of that. And I think realistically, with the amount of time that I'm willing to put into it, mm. I mean, I'd love to do more, but then I also don't want to do more because yeah, sure. of the boundaries I want to keep around it. So it would probably only be one episode every four to six weeks. Okay. So then you kind of go, well, to get momentum of on a YouTube channel, you'd need to roll them out more than that, obviously, like one a week. But do I want momentum? Mm. Does it need momentum? I don't know. Um, and is momentum getting like, more, actually like a regular viewership kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, it's not why I'm doing it, but I guess if you have a viewership, then it would help you actually. Ha- like people would be more willing to chat to you if it's an actual thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, maybe we could. My thoughts was we could do a like film six to eight episodes and then actually roll them out oh, week after week. Oh, yeah. yeah, nice. And then but then I don't know what you do with the um. The gap that will then happen after eight weeks. <laughs> There'll that, be a gap again. That would be similar to, like, you watch a Netflix series, like Suits, and mm. you watch that season. And there were some pretty decent downtimes from memory between, like, finishing a season and starting. Like, yeah, I guess half if you've year, got subscribers, it? if people have actually subscribed, yeah. then they'll get the alert again. But if you just had a bunch of casual followers, yeah, you'd lose most of them. So, yeah, that's interesting that yeah. around. Yeah, but anyway, again, it's like, am I, am I doing it to be, to develop a YouTube following? I'm not, but should I be? To actually get success and have more 
people be willing to be part of this show, you know, like more yeah. spouses of sports yeah. stars yeah. be part of this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or the women behind the the athletes, the men. Yeah. Or not just the women. It could probably be the husbands or partners behind female refined like... female stars. I want to I want to go into like the, the idea and the shaping of the idea, but just a little. Oh, it's become so murky in my mind. Well, this is day. what's this like... is what's really interesting. But just um, before we jump into that, the um, the whole subscriber thing and how do you is it not for subscribers or for subscribers? Maybe it's a little bit of both, um, and just thinking about what mechanics practically would be needed um, to actually connect people in. So, I mean, you see on every YouTube video, like, remember to click the subscribe button mm. and do the alerts. That seems mm. like full on, but maybe there's something along that spectrum mm. um, to consider. Have you ever subscribed to a channel? I've subscribed to three channels okay. and it's only and like, after how many watching how many episodes well that, that's have a, you subscribed yeah that's a really good point maybe that's the balance probably what 10 15 okay like I'm, I'm really wanting it's it's for the and, and I guess the the equivalent would be in the Netflix series where you're actually watching a series and it is actually really you're waiting for the next thing so you actually want to be uh, reminded mm. as opposed to I just want to be on their subscriber list. So yeah. But, but, I mean, those could be down the track things. But anyway, the, the idea. So I think this is, we talked in the last couple of podcasts about ideas and what their roles are, that, mm. that it's not necessarily a thing that is the fully formed plan that you just then go and execute. Yeah. But ideas change over time. Ideas get put into reality and they get, changed from that regard and many other factors mm. so so if we go back in time so the idea originally was this um kind of behind the game and yeah. there was remember back at the james mcconey um Sky Sports stage where stage, yeah. yeah where it could have been um a some sort of drama well, or thing was... behind the game it could have been something about a journalist behind the game and, and then actually the person the behind person. the game as well yep, yep. and then as you looked at... Um, well, I kind of looked at some All Black... Um, the All Black YouTube channel and mm. some of the shows that they were doing on there and the Kirk Eklund one with ex-All Blacks and was like, I could never pull that off. That's not me. I'm not like... I don't connect with sportsmen in the way that ex-sportsmen do. Yeah. Or the other way around. Um, so... What do I have to connect with us with? So that's where I then ended up going. Maybe I should just connect with the wives and spouses behind yeah. the sports star because I can connect with so many things that we have in common, like you sure. know, yeah, being a a wife or a husband, being a um mum or dad, being a, like a parent, sports yeah. lover, yeah, ex work kind yeah. of thing. And I think an important part of that idea was the fact that you'd already done a piece for sky news was it yeah where... so prime news i where i did a story on the it was like a second story that followed the normal match report of the breakers game and the story was from the wives perspective like sitting up in the bleachers with the wives yeah and people loved it people really loved it and i loved it did you talk about what kind of things did you talk about 
I cannot remember. Well, okay. It was it was ten years ago. Sure. I don't okay. remember. I should try and see if I can track down the story. But interesting. But it was more than just what was happening on the court in front of you. Like, did, did they talk yeah, about a little bit more their thoughts or other things? Yeah. Not. It's not obviously as deep as what I am imagining going now. Yeah. But um, it was a little bit more than the than the um just the game that's happening in front of them because mm. i the reason i'm also interested is because i'm experiencing a similar thing where i've got like idea shift where things are they seem to that's so hard eh? because what was clear at the first instance is then goes through this real murky phase where you're really not sure anymore what the idea is yeah well for me i'm there anyway i'm like i have no idea hey what's happening with that why is it recording over something Oh, okay. It's just recording over the previous recording. That's fine. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's. I mean, but but thinking back to these last three weeks, it was that idea encountered the reality of the situation at Sky and most kind of media outlets at the moment, where they they aren't doing new programming. Hence, the idea of that three part. Um, Kind of yeah, program. but they're not doing that, and that won't work on a YouTube. Yeah, well, this is channel. it. Channel. So therefore, that reality changes the idea. Yeah. And then it's like now tracking with that. It's 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 a real interesting part, and in a it's kind of a mental challenge mm. where you're like, oh, there was something so clear and ready to go, and then now I've got to rethink it. And you're not quite back to the drawing boards, but there's there's shift there. Yeah. So and I was talking to my brother the other day and his idea was to actually it's like well at some stage you need to put it into reality, let it touch base on reality and actually have a coffee with a spouse <laughs> or a partner of a sportsman and actually see if it's something they'd be willing to do, see if there's actually story there that, that story would be there, interesting. That, that was interesting, yeah. yeah. Is there a story there? Yeah. Should we Okay, so that that's all happening, I guess, in the background. Should we go to the um the chat you had with Mike. Yeah. Oh, so sorry, but the, one of the other things I did then that on Wednesday was um, I just started looking at what it would take to set up a YouTube channel. Ah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And what I also started looking, oh, maybe it was the week before that I started looking at some um, software, editing software. Sure. But yeah, so what it takes to set up a YouTube channel. Oh, it's a bunch of stuff I already knew. A few extra little tidbits. Um, I won't go into all of that. It's just... Yeah. But um, then I watched this one clip that was interesting. It was six YouTubers, I think, and 15 mistakes they'd made. Ah. Yeah, it was super interesting. And two that really, well, there was one particular that struck home. And it was to do with fear. So this one guy took five years to fully film and edit his first episode because of fear of judgment and what sure. others would think in that in judgment of his own that it wouldn't be any good or anything like that yeah and then he ended up reshooting and re-editing <laughs> it and putting out that one Funny. and he's just like oh, i just wish you know that i'd done it earlier because you're not going to put out the perfect episode every time there's no such thing yeah and you just need to focus on creating good content and not worry about what others will think okay. and the second point was something similar it was on someone who, who said, I wish I hadn't worried so much about the numbers and actually just focused on the thing that was important and that was creating brilliant content mm. and doing a thing that I really cared about, which okay. was the content. Yeah, interesting. So, um, Do you think, can you turn comments on and off? 
<laughs> I but, don't know. Because YouTube's notorious. For yeah, well, one of the things that they comments. said that was really good also with in terms of um, starting up a YouTube account is that you should be interacting and doing comments with your with people who do that in order okay. to get more momentum. Sure. I'd love to do it just because I like interacting with people. Yeah. But it does raise the risk of haters, eh? Like, and there <laughs> are haters out there, and yeah. people that would just say such nasty stuff to your face on to on you on to YouTube and on the internet that they would never say to your face. Yes, like, yeah, so it's, YouTube's yeah. quite well known. For that. Yeah. But that, I mean, that would be interesting if you, yeah, kind of get to that decision point, and and even to see what happens after the first video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. to look forward to. I know. Okay, so yeah, Mike. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, on Thursday, I chatted to Mike. <laughs> I was meant to chat to him first of all at 11.30. Tried him at 11.35. He didn't answer. So, I was so super quick to text. Like, hey, tried calling. You didn't answer. That's okay. I'll call back at 1.15, which was the other time that he sorted. <laughs> I was so nervous to talk to him. Not to talk to him, because I know Mike. I've known him since I was a kid. Hmm. But um, I was nervous to talk about the idea to him so yeah tell me more about that i don't know i don't know what it, i guess it's because i care about it you called me before also like before this conversation <laughs> like, i don't even know what to say to him exactly. anymore i don't know Who's what that? the idea is anymore uh, and it was just really good advice for you to, to just tell him the story of how it's developed so far okay um it was really good and he said um look to me i'll just be real honest with you i'm not a sports person like i don't watch a whole bunch of sport he likes basketball he likes the nba um, and he's a surfer, but he's like, I love interviews. I love people and I love cinematography. That's my thing. That's what I want to do. Don't really want to edit. Don't try and as much as possible to like, you know, just avoid that. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and that's okay actually, because I quite like editing, especially, um, stitching together the interview. Yeah. After it's been filmed. Like, and I think I'm like good at that. Like, yeah, I love the story well, you part, are, part yeah, of you it. You are good at that. I and I even love the editing of it. I just hate the technical side, especially when technical stuff goes wrong. So do because you I'm just not any good at it. Like, I don't have a background. Oh, I do have a background, but I've never done any training. So when something goes wrong, I don't know where to start. Yeah. And it's just Do you think he'd so be able stressful. to give you tip? Like, if you need it, do you think he'd be, be able to be on hand? Maybe, although it sounds friend. like he would be just as stressed okay. and confused. So, so maybe oh, he hates friend. it. He hates that, you know, like all the computers stuffing up for some reason kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um, do you but know I do have other friends who, yeah, I was gonna who say, are editors. That, that who, could be, once you've got your workflow set up in terms of how yeah. it works, you could just sit down for an hour yeah. with another friend and say, yeah. hey, this is how it works. And just get a view on it. Yeah. But the good news is that he is willing to work with me on developing this idea and the story mm. up until the first filming. And then if he has time in amongst his other work at that time, he'd love to film it with me, cool. which is awesome because I wanted a cinematographer to work with me and how we tell a story. You know, the, the movie that we watched the way back. Yeah. Yeah. Something that we were talking about was just how beautifully the scripting, the pace, the cinematography, the acting and the beats and the pace and everything just fitted together as in unison. Yes. And I think, well, I don't know whether this happened there, but it strikes me as someone with 
knowledge in all those areas must have been involved in the scripting and yeah. putting together of it and even working out how the story developed. So I wanted someone with cinematic prowess and yeah. ability to help me figure out how we tell the story because I don't want it to be newsy mm. or documentary-ish. I prefer it to be cinematic, more cinematic. And I don't know exactly how we're going to tell that yet, but it will be a really cool challenge that I'd like. I'd love to hear like what stories are be- better suited for cinematic yeah, storytelling. Yeah, interesting. So as you uh, hone in on the actual idea and the angle mm. of... Because there's this drive towards human interest that I think that you and Mike share. Mm. And there's some connection somehow to sport, mm-hmm. which will crystallise. But it'll be fascinating to see what of those options suits cinematic storytelling. Yeah. So anyway, in my next my next thing that I want to do is actually I want to kind of delve into a little bit more research of cinematic stuff out there. Oh, well, okay, I'll finish this thought first. Um, just cinematic storytelling that I really love mm, and use sure. that as a bit of inspiration. Yep. And I'll probably try and tee up a coffee with Mike where we can sit and actually go th- over some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, nice. Um, oh, man, what was the other thing that I just wanted to say? Dang it. <laughs> so you're a thought mum, train. <laughs> mummy brain right there. Sleep deprived so mummy brain. So it sounds brain. like you're, you're in a stage of, of exploring cinematic storytelling. Mm. And will that be kind of the next steps? Oh, yes. Okay. I remember what I wanted to say. The other, it wasn't involved with that, but okay. I did come across people who were kind of doing a similar thing. So Sports ah. Illustrated, yeah. their YouTube channel they have this program called, or yeah, series called 24 Hours, and it's 24 hours with a sports person. Or ah, a, um, interesting. The one that I saw was a, a couple who were, he was a football player, she was a soccer star, both national. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it was more... It didn't go in depth as much as what I would love to go into. I mean, I always want to go deeper. I love is, connecting deeply with people. Which is really cool about what you will probably produce. Yeah, maybe. But um, it was just cool seeing someone else do that. So I want to watch a few more of their sure. episodes as well. I yeah. knew there had to be people out there doing this. I mean... It seems... Yeah, it seems like there's... Yeah. I mean, there's obviously or not... versions of it anyway. Yeah, and there's obviously not enough or it's not maybe well known. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, I think I've, I've always found there's always something. Mm, um, I just haven't found it yet. There'll be more out there as well. I just need to find it at some stage, stumble across it. But anyway, that's me. Let's keep moving because we're always taking way too long on these things. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, your turn. All right. Um, so I want to pick up on that theme of idea shift because I'm on the same. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is actually... Fine, because in, in my situation, so I have these conversations with founders, uh, and it might extend to designers as well. Um, more on that soon. Um, but I've always put the situation that people are in, their challenges, the patterns of what they're trying to do before the idea. So the idea would come into that space. But it's kind of chicken and egg. It's not as though you just go out there blankly looking for problems. Mm. And then you just throw ideas at them because the ideas that you come up with, like 
hone in on different problems. And it's almost like a bit of a chicken and egg. Mm. Like your idea shapes the kind of people that will be use, using it in the situation in which they'll be using it. And then you, yeah. So it's a little bit yeah. more complicated than just go find problems and then uh, match it with ideas. Yeah. Um, so I'm at the state where I've, as I said last time, I'm materializing some ideas, putting them into reality because as I mentioned then, like as soon as you start to try and build something, it changes the idea because because you've got to then it's hitting reality. Yeah, and you've got to build it somehow. And <laughs> like and what you build it with will have constraints. Mm. And those constraints won't be known fully until you actually start trying building mm. things. So I've got a few things in the works. And I do like to as I've mentioned, I do like to have a few um, just general prototypes of ideas to bring into conversation with people um, so that it's not just one that you're going, hey, what do you think about my cool thing? And then the <laughs> people don't have any other option. <laughs> um, or if you've got a few prototypes, um, then people can kind of compare and contrast and give you more mm. helpful feedback. Um, you mentioned this a little while ago, though, that you were going to do it, like a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. So I've already built. So now I'm up to about, is it like three I've got now? Oh, that's great. Have so, you started putting them in front of people? Yeah, so so the first one was that soundboard idea, and that yes. was that idea that um, customers would give you feedback on what they're trying to do with your product. Put that out to some founders. People were hesitant, and the vibe was people were hesitant because um, uh, the underlying logic was if we open that kind of conversation up quite broadly to all our customer base, then you can have expectations that you can't meet. Okay, so I've got 200 customers that actually want to do this with a product, but what if I don't want to? Mm. Um, so there's those mechanics that are good to know, <laughs> which doesn't mean that you don't go there. It could do things like, for example, you, you could make changes like people could vote on the ones that they like, but you don't reveal the votes to the public. Oh, yeah. So all the customers see is the kind of things that people want, but you, you're taking away that element of expectation. Mm. That the, the strength of that um, because this is all around the space of helping um, founders more productive or designers more productively talk to customers to figure out what customers need Yeah. Um, the advantage of that is that could be a low like uh, risk way to start conversations if you needed to deeper with customers so there's I think there's still potentially something there but in its current state it's not it's not kind of yeah it needs yeah. to be developed um, another one was um uh, t- so the two others uh, are kind of two parts of a similar idea. Um, that's why I'm saying ideas are fluid. I, see, I feel like I'm I'm circling around and almost all th- all of these ideas are connected in different ways. Mm. And it's just figuring out... Because, you can again, you can have an idea, but then you don't know which part of it is the most valuable part and which parts to all pull out so mm. that they're not distracting from the actual... the core of what it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I built out this idea, um, which was you have your list of customers, or at least the key customers you're in conversation with, and then you can have notes on them and kind of capture things like what they want in the product so that you can loop back when you've built that to them and also capturing key context about them that they've told you or that they need you to understand about their situation. And then um, so when you go back into a conversation with them, you just or or someone in your team does, mm. you kind of are up to speed on okay who this so so you're not repeating yourself. Yeah. So 
is something there. I actually built out in code on my phone and played with that for a few days to start to feel like, not obviously not. I love that you built it. <laughs> well, I built a very, very, very primitive version. Yeah, yeah. Of it. it basically had their names and then some notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, so I wasn't like trying to build out sophistication around how you'd capture the notes because yeah. you probably want to do it quickly with a, a few taps of a button rather than having to write text out after yeah. you chat to people. So, but what was interesting, I kind of started to get the feel of what that would be like because I wanted to also get the feel of what would it be like a founder to have their cus- customers in their pocket and to be thinking through. Do 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 you kind of go around thinking about your customers and their needs? And th- I think in a way you do, but I think in a way also that's quite a complex thing to hold all the time. And I, um, mm. so there because is because it's kind of like I can imagine the complexity being like. I had this idea that seemed super clear. And then when you start talking to people about it, they've got all these ideas and suddenly it's all murky yes. again, like super murky. And I don't know this like, is, what's top or bottom, you know, that is a, like a, almost a fundamental, uh, it goes to the heart of one of the complexities of founders, at least talking to customers mm. is that you start talking, they get excited about an aspect of what you're doing. And then that starts to, in your mind, kind of shift it a little bit. Then you talk to the next customer, it's slightly different. So this this is the other way again, and then like, exactly in a different way. So, but in any case, I built this thing because I think my materializing some of these ideas also helps it get gets out of your head and actually objectifies it a bit, so it's less right. Shifting. So every time you chat to someone, you write down what they've said, and then you can kind of step back at the end of the day and look at all these things objectively. Yeah, I'd still need to, in that concept, figure out how the different feedback you take from customers kind of come together. I think there's a way, ways of doing it, like figuring out the patterns and these different themes of what people are saying. Mm. And then that can be input. Yeah, sorry, I was more kind of actually now, I just realized I've been thinking through my lens of how I could, how this would be helpful for me. Oh, sure. <laughs> right now. Sure. Because the conversations with people have been helpful, but also confusing. Yeah, interesting. It, not, conf- not making it confusing it's just making it more murky yeah i mean this is also part of the very early stage of ideas can shift a bit more than once the thing's built or or running yeah um but yeah it's a it is a challenge so you know what the question though is like if it's going to make things so murky why even talk to people why talk to customers this is why a bunch of them maybe don't like there's some real reasons why people just don't talk to customers and so what is why are you saying no no you should be talking to them because i've seen it being done in very good ways um like what um well often and and yeah so i'll go to because it gets a little bit more complex so when you've got a bit of an idea of what you want or at least the territory at least a challenge you can kind of cut through feedback to get to the heart of it because often when people give ideas people like to give thought through feedback uh, on an idea or even on a problem you're trying to understand actually takes a bit of time. Oh, absolutely. Most um, people just cut something down, but they don't have actual... Yeah. 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 Mm. Often when you've been in a situation for a while, and you might find over time, as you start to get more aware of, of um, say, YouTube and, and how it works and storytelling, the type of storytelling you want, I think what you'll find is there's a, a um, there becomes more stability in the idea and you can actually see feedback coming in and you can place it a bit better. 
Um, and you can see, oh, that's new. I haven't heard that, heard that before. Or that I, I've actually talked to 10 different people and I've said the same thing. Mm. So over time, I think patterns start emerging. Yeah. Um, and that, and yeah. I mean, if you were to just not talk to anyone who um, actually, in your case, consumes the videos, and this will be um, either through your YouTube comments or through email or other ways in which you might connect with people, um, then you're just a bit flying in the dark a bit as to how it's hitting home for people. And I um, guess you're doing what you think is helpful through your narrow lens of the world. Yeah, that's always the default, is that other people are like me, therefore mm. they'd use it in this way. And in the situation with me, this is a paid product as well. So there's a particular edge to it where people are paying for this mm. and maybe businesses are paying for this and businesses don't just pay for stuff for the hell of it. It's got to have some sort of clearly defined value. And your extra challenge is you wanting them to pay for something that would be a little bit scary for them to do. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> like talking to a customer, man, I've been so scared to talk to friends. You know, like like <laughs> yeah. Mike, I know Mike. Yeah. I've known him for yonky dories, but I was nervous chatting about this idea to him. Yeah. Um, I sh- If I had to pay someone to talk to I would never have paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard enough doing it myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is a big challenge. And, and I think that's another reason why people don't talk to customers. So the way I kind of look at that, this is a... I mean, one of the most prominent advice for startup founders is talk to customers. But mm. for all these reasons and more, it's one of the hardest challenges. And I look at that and think there's got to be some way to help. And, to and you, from... I mean, yeah, you do it all the time. You chat to customers, not just on your the startup ideas that you have, but actually in your other line of work. So yeah, and basically all the founders that I'm talking to do as well, uh, to oh, varying yeah. degrees. Um, okay. Some of them have long patches where they don't, and then they pop up and they've built something, and then people don't want it. So there are challenges and quite material challenges because when you're in doing, and I guess this is probably an interesting point of note, in a technology startup. Because it takes a long time to actually code things, um, it's not unheard of to just go, like, take... It, it's always surprising how long it takes given what, we, what we're used to when we play on our phone. So we just jump on and we just, like, open up some app. And we've got actually now high, quite high expectations as to what these things should be able to do. But it takes a lot of time and effort. And some of these um, product, these simple products we use, like Instagram or... Um, or kind of even YouTube or other, have hundreds of developers sitting behind them. And it looks like, oh, don't they just like serve up videos? Surely that's not hard. Yeah, two or three people, I'm sure they could whip something like that. <laughs> I mean, these things, and I mean, there's cut down, and they're obviously working at a level of scale, which is just beyond a small, a small yeah, yeah. But these things do take a long time. So, so the stakes are reasonably high if you get it wrong and build the wrong thing, let alone... Mm. the idea that gets confused about what mm. the product should be. So there's a lot of complexities in this area, hence why it's so difficult yeah. <laughs> in a way to... So sorry, I think I've derailed you a little bit. So you were going... You started off by picking up on the theme of things that were confusing when ideas become conf- like a bit murky yeah. and shifty. Yeah. yeah, because right now, if I was to summarize my week, I'm in building mode and materializing. Still talking to people. So I had a great chat with a founder in Seattle. Um, what do you mean materializing? Oh, as like in, making it a reality, like actually yeah. coding it, getting Taking it, it from yep. a head to something that's yep. actually in okay. code and running. Uh-huh. Um, and- but what I find as I'm 
bringing things into reality. So I've, I've done, so there's the soundboard one that's done. Um, there's, I built that, um, and I'm building just little prototypes as quick as, like I'm building them in maybe half a day yeah. or, or a day. So they're very simplified little ones. But yep. in, in very much just like, it's got like the people and notes, for example. Yeah. And then I built another one uh, yesterday um, mm-hmm. that was kind of the flip side, which is if, if I don't, if it's a bit hard to hold in my head just all the customers I have, because I might have two, 500, 200, 500 customers. Um, if it's tricky to keep them all in my head and the caption notes, what if it was more based on the product and just capturing these themes, the straight themes, which is where you actually want to get to. You want to, you want to know the core things that are most helpful about what you're offering um, and just get deeper and deeper insight into that. So where's the confusion for you? Is it just that all of these ideas are slightly similar but different or what? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I've got three different ideas. So, so mm-hmm. this other one I've actually called a hunch. Um, mm-hmm. It was a working title, and that's just basically you just capture a hunch that you've got about some need that people have, and then slowly you gather evidence. So rather than the center of gravity being around each customer and just capturing information, then tying it together later, you're actually just going straight to the patterns. Like what are, what are the themes of what people are saying? You just lock onto those, and then you have different levels of confidence from one to five that you can start to build up. Okay. So I built that and then started using that. And it actually turns out when it first asks you on the screen, what is a hunch you've got? I'm like, oh, what is a hunch I've got? <laughs> like those patterns can take a while. So even that, like materializing it and starting to use that. I'm like, oh. That was a red flag. Yeah, or it's at least something that is good to... You need to, to figure out. Yeah. So I've got these three prototypes that all are kind of part of kind of capturing those themes, connecting um, the bits of information that I found that would, would help them make decisions. Mm. Um yeah, so I'll be able to start to put these in front of people now because they're cool. kind of all working prototypes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what the, the interesting thing, and finally, is just around each of them are slightly different ideas, but I've noticed this week that they're also quite connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a shifting over time as I start to put things into reality, similar to what you found. You, you put into reality with Sky News and it's like, well they're not accepting programming. I put these things in, into code and it's like, oh, actually, that doesn't feel like what I expected it. So, um, yeah, so I'm even starting to get some feedback just from my own use because mm. as a founder, I have a bit of a sense um, without trying to put too much weight in that. Uh, but yeah, ideas meeting reality. <laughs> and um, it's a, It is a confusing thing. I know what you mean where you're just like, yeah, handling that, building things or, or making progress on an idea but also the idea can shift and it kind of needs to in a way but that's actually a mentally quite a confusing thing mm. oh yeah because um, it feels sense. really good when you've got clarity and momentum yeah it doesn't feel so good when you're like is this even the right idea when the fog rolls in not at all eh? yeah. yeah especially like you say as, as you have conversations with others yeah um so yeah i'm just it is what it is. I mean, is. there's so much value to come out of those conversations, but it does put you into a very uncomfortable space. Yeah, and it's funny because conceptually, when you think you step back and think about it, like the idea that you um, you listen and take into account what's going on um, in an in industry or people's lives, and then let the idea emerge over time, that kind of makes sense, and it's kind of what we're actually doing at a high level. But the on the ground feeling of it is not that fun at all. It's just like <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have the clarity of, oh, yeah. of a clear idea that I can build on, 
but in order to do the like the process well to actually listen to what is appropriate for and what the gaps are in the market and what what people need or what people what could be interesting and helpful mm. yeah you, you kind of give yourself over to this confusing journey um. okay so next week what are you doing um so ramping up so i mean as not being a coder did take me a bit to actually get this thing working a lot of youtube i've already watched about 20 youtube videos on how to code so to, or to, fix problems yeah mainly just to figure out different components of code yeah. uh, and, and, and like it turns out it's real hard just to do real simple things like actually have Absolutely. the app like remember like what you've inputted into it yeah um and there's yeah. a whole field that yeah. you're trying to like crack you know, totally. just yeah, to pick and up very, and go. Yeah, exactly. It's it's massive, and there's there's. I'm certainly probably will never be like proficient <laughs> coding, but for, for what I need, it's, you don't need to be proficient. No, yeah. and that's actually quite good because it's forcing me to do pretty quick prototypes, so yeah. I don't get too invested. So, so that's kind of done, and then now it's just ramping back up the um, more conversations. So I'd like to. So I'd kind of down to about like one, two, or three a week. I'd like to ramp that back up again. Um, just getting these prototypes in front of people now exactly okay exactly cool that sounds so, great sweet so you're collecting cinematography examples and i'm and chatting to hope, maybe hopefully chatting with mike oh, okay you in might. A, um yeah meeting him for coffee to chat some ideas either wednesday or another day yeah cool we'll see all right sounds good yeah let's wrap it all right all right see ya <laughs>